denied. Thank you to send a date. I just hope the bus don't break down again, Danny. Think we got her fixed this time, Heather. We're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. But when this won't stop going, this old silver-sided bus on through the night. Everybody, we're back. We are BACK back. Tell them where we're back from. We're back from California, Sacramento Airport to Jackson, California, to Volcano, California, to a little amphitheater in the tiny town of Volcano. Uh, thanks to Tommy Townsend. Tommy, Tommy Townsend. I'm thinking of Tommy Townsend. Tommy Sizemore. Uh, we met him in Fallon, Nevada at a uh, Battleborn Bronx fest, uh, rodeo. event. Rodeo. And a uh, little Bronx busting out there and... He hired us to come down to California, and we had a great time over there. I had a wonderful time. It was gorgeous up there, like a little slice of heaven up there in, in Northern California. Yep. I didn't sleep for about 48 hours, and nope. I don't regret one bit of it. I let Cole do the partying. We told Cole he was going to end up doing the partying. And I said I wasn't. Hey, but? But I lied. He lied. He did a little P-A-R-T-Y. I can't turn down a good time. G to the O, O to the D, T with the I. And with the E, that spells good, good time. time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we went down there. We played a really fun show. Uh, we flew back home. It was a quick trip. We flew out. We left the. We left home on Saturday morning at three fifteen a.m. and we left California at eight thirty a.m. sharp Sunday morning. Yes, so we did. it was a turnaround trip. But we got to see our fellow brethren of the road, Mister Mike Smart from the Western Union Band. He came down, played bass with us, and uh, Tom Hoey played drums with us, and. Tom Hoey is kind of, he's becoming a brother of the road. He's been hitting some things with us. Yeah, he's done a lot of shows with us. Yeah, he has. So, it was was a good week. Yeah, we just, we want to fill you guys in. We want to let you guys know if you guys feel like helping out and kind of keeping this show afloat and keeping the Reeves brothers going in Nashville, Tennessee, go over and follow our Patreon. It's it's patreon.com slash the Reeves brothers. Also, you can help if you don't have the money or don't want to shoot out the money. Just leave us a review on our podcast uh, because that really shoots the numbers up uh, for this type of deal. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, just share with your friends. Get them listening over there because we uh, we like sharing all the stories and doing things like that. And, you know, y'all can always, always send in your request. If there's anything you want to hear, uh yeah just shoot it over on our instagram y'all know we're the reeves brothers uh you can do that over there facebook any anything you want to hear we we want to uh try to do for you we're pretty well open books yeah hey so you know i told i told a uh i told a lady last night i said you know what'd you tell her i said you can't write a new chapter in a closed book you have to be an open book that's right. You can't write new chapters in a closed book. You can't. You just can't do you it. You just can't do it. So you know what? Flip through them pages, baby. Yeah. Okay. This week, Matt and I were talking, and we're not running out of stories. But, uh, you know, when you're, you sit around the campfire with a couple buddies, and you'll tell like 15,000 stories you forgot about. And when it's uh, when you're just with uh, one other person that you made the stories with, you tend to forget about it. And... So we were talking about this week what we should tell, and some of the stories just honestly aren't fit for the podcast. They're they're more uh, turn your phone off and don't film anything. Yeah. But uh, this is not one of those episodes. 
it is uh, we started talking and we realized we made how many trips do you think we made to the town of Lotland, oh. Nevada to play the Avi oh, Resort? Oh, to play the Avi, we went there probably six or seven times. Probably six or seven trips, six days at a time. Yeah. And we would play six nights in a row. And a town called Laughlin, Nevada, at a place called the Avi, right on the Colorado River. And it was an Indian resort uh, that was owned by the Fort Mojave tribe. Yep. And uh, let's just, to put it simply, they, they booked us a lot, but they weren't fans of us as people. Oh, they were not. Uh, and the things we got into. I think they were more based for the older crowd. Uh, and we were all uh, right off the just looking at us. I don't think they liked that we were all in our teens and twenties. Yeah, uh, they weren't fans of that. So we're gonna do that little episode. And with that short note, Matt, thank them one time. Tough coat. This entire episode, ladies and gentlemen, hell, the entire podcast would not be possible without the fine folks over at Tough Coat. They've got 20 years of experience, and they continue to make the total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat's the only place to go for your spray-in bed liner. Come on. They do custom tumbler cups, waterproofing, spray-in bed liner. Go over to toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039. Schedule your appointment, folks. Uh, keep them keeping this podcast going. And how you can do that is going to toughcoatbentonville.com or calling them at 479-715-6039 and schedule an appointment for your custom tumbler cup, waterproofing, or spray-in bed liner. Jeff, Jeff is the salt-of-the-earth guy, and uh, he's the first person to step up and help us on anything we're doing and support it. So please go and support them. Yeah. On that note, cue the music. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The The Brothers Brothers of the Road. All right, everybody. The year was 2012. And we were super excited for this show, uh, this gig, because we were this, super excited for any gig. This for any gig, but this gig at the time, I thought that I was going to be rich Big because money. they were paying, they were paying eight hundred dollars a night for six nights in a row, and that was forty eight hundred dollars if you know how to do a little math. And I had been really gunning for this gig since our dad had a gig there about fourteen years prior to me deciding. I'm going to get a gig there. And so we loaded up our 2001 Suburban. We called up our dear pal, Johnny Dale Roberts, swindled him into hopping in that Suburban with us, and it was off. I don't think it wasn't much swindling. He was, no, he I think Johnny was, a, he was excited. Johnny, Johnny Dale Roberts actually at one point sold a car to have money for the trip to get out there, if you remember. I wish he wouldn't have sold that car. I saw uh, the, old, old, yeah, the Oldsmobile. It was a sweet old 80s Oldsmobile. And it was, it was, it was a, a race ride. car. Oh, yeah. It was it, like a, a literal race car. He actually made a post about it today, shared the memory of him Damn selling it. it. And he was like, man, wish I would have kept this one. He I commented. Have it. He said, man, that, out of everything I've ever sold, that's what I miss the most. But he said, I sold it so I could go on the road with you both. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did. He did. It was, uh, it was great. Uh, this, this casino was out in the middle it it was in Laughlin Nevada but it wasn't in Laughlin Nevada it was like 7 to 14 miles out of Laughlin Nevada on the Colorado on the Colorado River and it and, really was a cool casino i mean it yeah. had a cool beach with you could rent jet skis out yeah. there 
Yeah, it was cool. Uh, an Indian tribe, the Fort Mojave tribe, they uh, they had they had the casino out there, and like I said, our dad had worked there when we were little kids, and so he only he had a he actually he had a weird run in uh, because our dad never drank, and they. When he left, they told him they weren't going to rehire him because he had ran up a huge bar tab. And my dad was like, bullshit. Like Jack a $600 Reeves bar Jack tab Reeves doesn't, gr- doesn't drink. And, and nobody in his band drank. No. And so he was like, they just didn't want to hire me back. <laughs> and so anyways, years go by. I get a gig there. This was this was before we were actually uh, the Reeves brothers. This was, this was the Matt Reeves show, and Cole was playing bass for me. I was. And so... Yeah, Johnny Dell Roberts, he played guitar. Cole played bass. We hired our Uncle Robbie Robinson. Tell him about Uncle Robbie. Uncle Robbie was about, an, at the time, an 87-year-old black male, yep. African-American, good time having, drinking wine out of water bottles yep. uh, on stage. He and- would pour his wine into little, <laughs> little, little not the not like sturdy water bottles, like the, not, like oh, the cheap, cheap water yeah. bottles. Yeah, and he, he drove... An amazing, like, cherried out Grand Marquis. Oh, yeah. And he would show up and he would bring everything that he, he cooked with. He I brought mean, he his own his cook, kitchen with him. He brought his kitchen with him. He wouldn't eat the food at the at the at the restaurant. No, he wanted to he wanted you, to cook in his room. You could smell him cooking in his hotel oh room. God. And and you could hear him playing sax. He would be like cooking cabbage. Yeah, you would cook cabbage in his room. He would cook and cabbage and he would practice. Uncle his Robbie's sax. still with us. I mean I, I think I, he's I like assume. ninety four. 97 he would have to be i don't know but the last time i talked to him was a couple years ago i mean this man was like my uncle no he was Uh, he was like an uncle to us and and he told me i was about eight years old when i when i met him and our dad had hired him they had known each other for 40 years and and uh he had worked with our dad for forever and i remember i i went and introduced myself i said hey i'm cole and he goes well i'm i'm your uncle robbie and from that point on he was uncle robbie he is uncle robbie still Uncle Robbie would uh, wake up early in the mornings. If you got the room next to him, you could hear him playing like lovemaking music on a saxophone, and uh, which was kind of nice. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Robbie, we, he'd go out with us after after the shows to eat, and he would tell us stories. And we got to where we would call him Hot Chocolate because every night he would order hot chocolate. Yeah. So he was either the Black Stallion or the Hot Chocolate, and uh, he would order hot chocolate after every show. And he told me one night, he goes, "You want to? You can just start calling me Hot Chocolate." <laughs> I said, "All right, you're Hot Chocolate." So we had a blast, and uh, he Uncle would tell Robbie us some of the amazing. some of the greatest stories. He had a brother duo when he was a kid. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "Man, we were the consummate entertainers." Yeah, that's all, what his business card said. Yeah, the consummate entertainer. He had some like fine young girls there that were in their 20s, like our age, and they were all over them. And they said, do you have a website? And he said, I sure do. It is www.google.com. Yeah, he thought Google was his website because we had shown him that you could search his name and find him on Google. And he he thought that his website was Google. Yeah. Uncle Robbie, salt of the earth. But I... Yeah, I love worshiped Truly. Uncle Robbie. He was such a great man. And then Still on is. that, on that, on the very first run, we decided to hire our dad's drummer from the seventies, Mister Frankie Barrow. And what was probably his last gig? <laughs> yeah, bro, could have been. Could have been his last gig. Now Frankie's still alive too. Frankie's, Frankie's still alive. Barely. He's barely alive, but he is still alive. Frankie and, in a net. Uh, Frankie. Frankie was like. 
he was an he's a little short Italian man that drops more f bombs oh. than the movie Casino oh or did. God. The last time I talked to him, he didn't. But but he was the used most to f word dropping man I've ever met in my life. Yeah, and uh, it was like uh, if you can beat this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I wasn't really saying that. Matt's, good. Yeah, Matt's yeah, got yeah. some tools over there. He can add the beeps in, and I love using them. Sure. Uh, anyway, Frankie, Frankie brought his son down there, and I remember. I don't know. I was probably sixteen. Tony, is his name Tony? I think his name's Tony. All as I remember is, I've got allergies. Sorry. All I remember is his son dropping it like it was hot on the dance floor with this lady. They were in their 40s, I'm assuming, at the time. Probably. 40s or 50s. That son's dead And now. Did he pass? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, God be with him. He was on the dance floor with his, maybe his wife. I don't know. I think think he was married. He was out there, and she got down. Like, they were doing the bump and grind to, I don't know, Good Hearted Woman or something. And uh, El Paso by Marty Robbins, and they're out there grinding on one another. And the next thing I know, she stands up, and he spanks her with bad intentions. And she's like, ow! You're going to get a bruise, baby. You're going to get a bruise. And she comes back over there, and I'm like, whoa, this is, like, next level. I mean, honestly, cringe for 16-year-olds watching 40-year-old people because those are old people to you at that time. I'm like, that shouldn't be happening. That yeah. that right there. That that ain't in the Bible I read. It, 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 yeah. So, so that so, was crazy. Yeah. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tough Coat, in Bentonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat is the only place to go for your spray and bed liner, custom tumbler cups, and waterproofing. Go visit toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039 and schedule your appointment today. Tell them the Reeves brothers sent you. The trip kicked off. It kicked off super good. Because we all we all were feeling fresh. Cole and I, the, this the, for the initial debut of the gig, the night before, uh, we had to play our managers. His he had gotten married. We had to play his uh, his reception in Bella Vista, Arkansas, and it was so hot and humid. And I I remember I got such a good night's sleep, and I woke up, and we drove all the way from. Um, all the way from Gravit, Arkansas, to Laughlin, Nevada, without stopping. And we got there, and it was amazing because on the journey, right before we got in to uh, in, in in probably to Arizona, Johnny Dell Roberts he told Cole about a little secret. Oh, the secret! The secret was was actually not a secret and he was totally completely screwing me over and he told me that if you put at that time I think this might have been post David Allen Coe us opening for David Allen Coe probably so uh maybe just afterwards uh Johnny and us had opened a show for David Allen Coe and I had got extremely chafed uh if you're familiar with being galded if you're familiar with summer times uh with with the summertime and in, in humid climates uh, your legs rub together and and you become raw between between your legs and it makes it pretty virtually impossible to walk if it gets bad enough. 
And uh, it had gotten bad enough that night. And uh, Johnny goes, hey, can you run me by a Dollar General? Because uh, I, I need to get some things. So he comes out with a bottle of baby oil. And curiosity got the cat pretty quick with me. I'm like, hmm, what's the baby oil for? And he never skips a beat and tells me that he bought it to put between his legs to prevent him from getting chafed. Folks, I'm from Arkansas. Man. I'm a 16-year-old kid, and I'm not the And I was, uh, I was up front driving with him, and I was in on it because he was pretending like he was rubbing it on himself. Yeah. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer at this point. I'm still not, but I really wasn't then. And I'm like, I, 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 for, I was hesitant at first. I said, I don't know about all that. I, yeah, he goes, oh, dude, suit yourself. It's hot out here, and you will, you'll get chafed. I'm like, yeah, I got that, but I'm not getting this baby oil thing. Well, he gets his pocket knife out and acts like he poked a hole in it. And then he, and then he like tips a bottle over in his hand, and he undoes his pants in the front seat and like starts rubbing around on himself. Well, then I don't see him. He actually pokes a hole in it <laughs> that I don't see. And he sold me at this point. I'm thinking if he'll do it, it's got to be true. So I put as much baby oil as I could fit in my hand, and I just put my hand in my pants, and I rub it all in between my legs. And I've never been so chafed in my life after I got done. And he was crying, laughing the next day. Weeping. He's like, you dumbass. You, did, I can't believe you were stupid enough to fall for that. I'm like, well, Johnny, you did it. He goes, I didn't do it. I acted like I poked a hole in the bottle. I rub it all around on me. Then I poke a real hole in it. And I hand it back to you. You're a dumbass. And uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much how that happened. Then I walked around chafed for the week, and he ruined my week. And But that same trip, he also decided that I wasn't going to smoke cigarettes anymore, even though I was a pack-a-day smoker. And I went into the... I went into the little Indian reservation uh, gas station there. The, the on cigarettes the were always dirt cheap. Yeah. I walked over there and I said, okay, hey, I got a pack of Marlboro red shorts. And I thought I was acting adultish and they asked me for my ID and I didn't have one that said I was of age. So. He, didn't have, he didn't have one that they would have gave him cigarettes with. Yeah. So I, uh, so anyway, I left and I said, Johnny, if I can just give you the money. And you get me a pack of cigarettes. Well, Johnny didn't want to contribute to a minor, although he would, <laughs> at the time, let me. He would let me nip off his Jim Beam bottle, but he thought it would be funny if he was like, "I'm gonna, you're not a smoker anymore. I'm gonna get you to no longer a smoker. I'm gonna get you to quit smoking, buddy. We're gonna work on your life on this trip." And uh, boy, it pissed me off. So that whole that whole trip was kind of crazy because I was chafed, and I and I Johnny took my smoking privileges from me. That was just the beginning of the trip because we get into the shows and uh, our dad was married to Betty Laughlin's first cousin. Not Betty Laughlin's. Yeah, Betty Laughlin's first cousin, Lori. And uh, and so our dad stayed best friends with, uh, with Betty Laughlin even after he was divorced from his wife, Lori. And, and, and our whole life, we knew Betty. Betty started the town with Don Laughlin, her husband. And so Betty was super excited that we were playing down there and she would come every night to the Avi and watch us. And we were like, everybody give it up. Miss Betty Laughlin is here. She founded the town without her. There would be nothing out here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Avi did not appreciate that. 
Not at all. And so that was our first reprimanding is how that they, they called you to the office about it. Yeah, they were like, you can't get on stage talking about other casinos, even though, I mean, I, I, I wasn't. I really just said she started the entire town. I never mentioned that she was also the founder of the Riverside Hotel and Casino. They were jealous because their their little casino only had about six stories and hers had 30. Yeah. 29. You know? Yeah, 29. But if you count the other tower? Uh, 29. 42. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our first reprimanding is that they were not happy with us discussing Betty Laughlin being in the crowd, even though she was the whole reason that there was any casino ever built in Laughlin, Nevada. And uh, and so, yeah, we were not happy about that. No, they didn't like that. They did not like that. And at the same time, they kind of followed all of us around. Yeah, they would. They were. They thought we were like getting into stuff. Oh, they're like these boys are stirring shit up down here. We yeah. can just tell it by the way that they smell, which we weren't doing anything wrong. We and they especially hated Johnny. They, Johnny, Johnny especially did nothing wrong. Johnny did nothing wrong, and they were always. I mean, he could walk in, and he was just like, "Man, everybody in this casino must hate my guts." And Johnny would call, like like show up and he'd be like, "Howdy, how y'all doing?" And they'd be like, "Yeah." Uh, remember the guy with the ketchup bottle? Oh, he's like, Johnny goes, we're at the restaurant. And Johnny turns around at the table behind us, and he goes. Because there was no ketchup on the table, and he got a burger. Yeah, he got a burger, and he wanted some ketchup. So he turned around to the gentleman behind us, and he goes, uh, sir, if I could, could I could I borrow your bottle of ketchup from your table? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Is this, is this serious right now? And Johnny's like, huh? <laughs> the guy starts screaming for a, well, for a for manager. A, for a manager. Like, I want to be these people moving on my table. And Johnny, Move me. I ain't going to sit here and deal with this stuff. And Johnny's like, hey, holy man, hell. I, I just wanted some to, gadget. to borrow your cow. I was going to give it right back. He's like, F this. I'm, I'm done with this. I, I'm, my wife and I want moved. And his wife, if I remember right, was kind of like. No, I remember her being a bitch. Really? Yeah. Just with him. Just like, <laughs> disgusting piss on. Huh. I don't remember that. But Cole don't remember it. I remember it. Cole was, Cole was in a fog because he hadn't had a cigarette in five days. Uh, and we were in the smoking section when it happened. That was back when they had a smoking section. You know who wasn't holding me back from cigarettes? Tell him. Tony Martinez. Tony Martinez. We're not to Tony Martinez yet. Cole's, Cole's jumping way ahead. Tony Martinez is at the end of the story because he gets his own portion of the story because Tony had his own run-ins down there. I know there was a lady named Renee that was our waitress, and she had the driest sense of humor of any human being I've ever met in my life, but I she loved right Johnny. Now. She did love Johnny. She, her and Johnny had this weird thing where they got along. She kind of hated Cole. She did. And I would, like, overwork to try to get her to be friendly to me. I'm she like, Renee, good to see you. She's like, Hi. oh. You're back. Oh, you're back. Johnny would come in. He'd be like, Renee, how you doing? She'd be like, oh, Johnny, how are you? She liked Johnny. She liked Johnny. She liked Everybody old liked Leon, Johnny, brother except Dion. The, except most of the employees at <laughs> the obvious. Remember that sweet old lady? They used to give us, they gave us so many food vouchers oh, at this place, y'all. Endlessly. They gave us three $20 a piece meal vouchers each a day. And so that's $60 worth of food. And back then, that was pre-silent depression era america yeah you can eat a meal for 12 bucks yeah and so they finally got there like oh well 
we're just going to we're just going to add these all together and then you you all three, you know, if it's $40 instead of using we'll put it on one ticket and you guys can just use two two vouchers instead of three each. Like instead of each of y'all having to use, you know, a twenty dollar voucher. voucher, and so we would, we could pile up more food at that place. We would eat cobbler. We would eat. Oh, well, their peach cobbler was second to none. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> truly, grandma couldn't. No, your grandmother couldn't make a better peach cobbler than the obvious. The, <laughs> the obvious. They, they had that lovely. going for them. No, they didn't. Their ice cream was good. Yeah. I mean that I contribute that to part of my weight issue that later. Arose. If they would have found out that they were doing that, they would have fired us. They would have flat fired us. Oh, I don't know how they didn't. Well, eventually, if they would have fi- if they would have found out that what they were doing towards them food tickets, they would have fired us because they were always looking for a reason uh, to fire us down there. They were. They really were. Yeah, and so that was the first. That that was the first. Uh, kind of th- uh, no. They also on that first trip, we were sitting all in the sitting area upstairs in the hotel, and they walked in and they're like, "You can't sit here." And we were like, "What are you talking about? This is a sitting area." Yeah, you can't sit here. We're yeah. like, I mean, we're hotel guests here. Well, you can't sit here. Yeah, they would they would run us out. Yeah, and uh, so then we also that first trip, we decided we needed to go to the laundromat. Across the street at the, at the COA. Is it COA or KOA? I, I don't know. Anyways. You know, it's that yellow and red weird-looking sign that says KOA, the letters KOA. <laughs> it uh, could stand for COA. It could be just KOA. I think it, you know what? I stand. I think it's camping. It's like COA bear. Oh, well, I maybe so. Anyway. We went to the laundromat. We needed to clean some clothes. Johnny, Matt, and I walk over there. And while we're there, we realize, I mean... We're gonna have a little drum off on the yeah. on the washing machines, so we are all playing wipeout on the with drums. our little fingers. And holy hell! All of a sudden, all security comes loose. in, and they're like, "What? What in the world are you guys in here doing?" <laughs> and we're like, "Uh, man, we're washing just some clothes, washing some clothes, and doing some stuff like that." They're like, "Yeah, no, we've we've got complaints on you guys that you're down here at our campground and and, and you're and you're banging on everything and you're hit, breaking our machines." And Johnny's like, "Hey, calm down. We're we're you you guys need to let it go. We're just trying to have a good time out here." And they hated him. Uh, so yeah, they run us out from the laundry mat. That's the only time I think we ever went to the laundry mat. Well, yeah, because they threw us out. I wasn't going back. So, so then that was our first run. We made it through the first run, and uh, on the last night of the first run. This set a tradition that as soon as I got that $4,800 check and I paid everybody their money, Matt decided to go right down to the slot machines. And he would always win, and me and Johnny would, and I would bet. Be I would bet. I was always max betting. And, buddy, I had hit – I'd always hit something like $600 to $1,200, and I would be like, this is great. And if you know Matt, when Matt doesn't win, he – freaks out about everything matt has got the worst temper of any human being i've ever met on earth uh, i mean if something doesn't go his way he's like a two-year-old child about it so he would go it would be a roller coaster of emotion he would sit there till 6 a.m gambling after the show yeah, and you could come down there at two in the morning and he could be like i'll never be back here again i'm not even, i'm not even going to take any work here again i'll never i'll never be back and play play even play in this casino shithole takes all my money you'd be back in 30 minutes and he'd hit a few hundred bucks and he'd be on top of the world like yeah 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 <laughs> so johnny and i'd be like 
this is disgraceful. This guy goes down here. And they were he jealous, handles. everybody. They were jealous because they weren't winning. Well, no, because Johnny and I couldn't risk losing the money. <laughs> no, because they didn't have as much money as me. I, I, I had all the. I had a bunch of money. Yeah, because I was paying them each six hundred dollars. I was paying them a hundred dollars a night. Yeah, Matt was paying. So out of the forty eight hundred dollars, I had to pay twenty four hundred bucks out to my band. Which I didn't have a problem with because so I so I had twenty four hundred dollars. I also had to pay for all the gas in a in a suburban when it was about three dollars a gallon. So yeah, it was about twelve hundred dollars in gas there and back. It was Matt's show. He was he was the front man of the band, so I didn't mind. I mean, I really only made about double what they made. I made about twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, which is which is I mean, which is protocol. Yeah, I mean most most people do that, so I wasn't really worried about it. But I know I didn't have the money, so Johnny and I. Now this was a after we realized that people hated us down there. Uh, Johnny and I get sauced, sauced up in the rooms, and I didn't like staying in my own hotel room and being lonely all night. So I wanted somebody to hang with. So between Joe Willett, it, Joe Willett was a drummer starting the second trip that made every trip except the last trip, which Johnny didn't make the last trip either. Uh, and it was all going to hell in a handbasket, and it finally took the last uh, dot nose dive on that trip that yeah. prevented us from ever going back again, or nor will we ever probably. Uh, he made he didn't he didn't Johnny was not there for two trips because he also wasn't there when Tony Martinez was there. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't there the last two trips because he couldn't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he he couldn't leave for the amount of time for those seven days. Yeah. For the, and, Johnny and make and make the money. Johnny could can make it home. Johnny so. couldn't be gone, so he had to. St- he he stayed and made uh, more money at home, <clears> staying <throat> there. So, we uh, we went on without Johnny, and that's when sh- that's when things really started going down. But but, but pre that, Johnny and I, I remember up we were up at a hotel room one night playing. I I got r- really drunk. Uh, we finished off a 1.75 liter bottle of Jim Beam between Johnny and I, and we're up there playing like our favorite Willie Nelson songs on guitars. And I can remember like almost being emotional toward Johnny because he was singing "One Night of Love Don't Make Up for Six Nights Alone," and the tears and flowed. I-, I was just a- an emotional wreck at that time because when you're a kid and you get drunk, your emotions hit you different. And uh, brother, I remember Carter. Back in the day when Carter didn't drink without crying, yeah, we have a friend named Carter, and he, he there was a stint where he didn't drink without crying, and the summit meetings. Uh, so we'll yeah, get I get to those. I was uh, I was emotional, and then I realized that we realized that we could use the restroom out of the window at the hotel, <laughs> and we by this point we knew the, the Avi hates us, uh, so we did, and and then we would laugh until we cried. And sat there and play music in the room at like till six in the morning, and then go to sleep. And I remember one night Johnny and I got up and and walked directly down to our gig. <laughs> I mean, it was like seven p.m. No, there were some trips they had to start real early, like six. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. They like changed certain the hours. times of the year or something. And Johnny and I certain times of the week. Yeah, I think it was like during the week we started at six, and then on the weekends we played seven till eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like seven till twelve or one. They were long gigs. So Johnny and I were like, I mean, sick. And we, from drinking, and we didn't get down. We walked into the showroom for our show from getting up out of bed. And uh, Johnny and I, after a gig one night, we discovered that 
down there that you didn't all, all you had to do was stick money in a machine whether you were gambling it or not at the bar and you could just keep getting drinks and so i remember that i had 18 shots of wild turkey and johnny del roberts had probably damn near that many of jim beam and we we never we were playing like a penny a hand and so we put five dollars in the machine and because we had gone up and down and up and down we cashed out five dollars at the machine while we drank uh 18 about 36 shots between us of booze and i remember looking at johnny and i said johnny i'm not drunk he's like man me neither and when we stood up we both just like fell into each other and held each other up to the room and we cashed out that button of the uh of the five dollars and we left that for the tip for the nice young lady that gave us the 36 shots of whiskey and then we staggered to our room holding each other literally up i'd like to take another trip with johnny somewhere maybe to the avi maybe we see if our cousin scott wants to book us a stint at the avi we'll have to tell him we're a different band yeah i'm about to say the avi would never have us back uh the last trip of the avi the uh, last trip of the avi got got wild well it got wild they didn't precursor to that cole is jumping around too much tony martinez shows up here and tony martinez had just got a gig to go on jake owens world tour but he did not have the money to get from phoenix arizona in that big ass 1980s blazer slash suburban i think it was a suburban that he had he didn't have enough money to make it I on think gas it was the 90s uh maybe it was you're thinking of it being the bad black suburban but it wasn't it was a 90s no it was a 90s uh and so tony shows up and i told tony because i know tony tony likes to get down i mean he's got a song called help me up so i can get down (laughs) and i was like tony listen dude you cannot do uh, you can't if you can i'll i'll pay you the 600 bucks drive up from phoenix do the show play pedal steel guitar for me but you cannot drink at the gig because we will flat ass lose this gig and i already knew like they were looking for a reason to fire us and they had you by contract and they had us by contract no drinking you during were, the hours no, of performance no drinking and so it all started off bad when during sound check tony's there and tony can't play pedal steel in in, in his shoes he had flip-flops on and so he kicked his flip-flops off and just played barefooted oh dear god I mean, security rushes in that son of a bitch like it's SWAT. And they're like, what, what, what are you what doing without the shoes on? What are you doing Get the shoes back the shoes. on. Get the shoes back on now. And he's like, what? And they're like, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Get out. And he's like, what are you talking about, buddy? He's like, I've been watching all these people. What about all these people that are walking through the lobby here with no shoes From that are heading, heading to the pool? You're not throwing them out. He's like, I'm just trying to sound check. You ain't going to do it like that here. And... Tony and them, it got pretty heated. Yeah, I don't And then think, I started getting pretty heated over it. I don't I think like, this Tony is ever put the shoes on for sound check. No. He, he did like, wear yeah. the moccasins for the yeah. show, which he had told him. He said, I, I have moccasins in my room that I use to play pedal steel in, but I can't sound check in flip-flops. I yeah. can't play it in flip-flops. And it was a big ordeal, which I don't think Tony ever did cave to it no but from that trip on tony decided to take the drinking and he would bring 44 ounce big gulps remember he was going to bubba gump shrimp company with his sisters huh? <laughs> he's like i went to bubba gump shrimp company and he had the rum in a 44 ounce big gulp 
Uh-huh. And his sisters came down. One of his sisters I kind of had a little crush on, so I went down to the pool with him, which I had no chance because even though we were like 17, she had already had a boyfriend since she was like 13, so it did me no good. It did you no good. Uh, but we went down there, and we all had a good time at the pool, and I'd like to say she married that same guy, and she's very loyal to him. And, and, and I'm I know, still, that's, that's, that's I'm nice. Still, I'm still sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony drank a lot. T- Tony got down, and I was like, listen, that, Tony, that can't happen. And he was like, "Bub, I mean, come on, you going to be outlaw? Are you going to be outlaw?" I was like, "Well, you can be outlaw, but if we get fired, you ain't going to make any money." And then Tony quit being outlaw when our dad had to chew his ass for saying the f word in front of our mother. Yeah, and and that was about the end of the outlaw deal on that part. Yeah, and then Tony just and he went off on a world tour with then, Jake Owen. With Jake Owen, and then yeah, it, it, it was great. Then maybe that was our that was our second to our last trip. So we had a one yeah. more trip. At that point, and then... Uh, By the last trip, we had decided that we were going to become the Reeves brothers. Like a week prior. Yeah, and so we were like, listen, we're going to get... Instead of getting Joe Willett, who we normally had on drums, and uh, Johnny Dell Roberts, we were like, we're just going to do it as a four-piece, and we're going to have our band. It'll be Nate Wong and Kelly Bishop and me and Cole. And Nate Wong... He really drove the nail in the coffin of the gig. He did. That's where it started because well, he wasn't going to have him picking on Cole. Well, security had come back at one. Well, no, here's where it all started, where, where it all went south. I I wasn't allowed to go in the showroom, but there would always be people there that wanted to see me because they were like family, friends would come, to, and I, I had to see them. So I wasn't allowed to be in the lounge. I had to go out from the dressing room out and outside of the lounge into the casino part. And uh, there was these little red lines that followed the carpet. And that's where children could be. Uh, But they had to be walking. Yeah, you You couldn't couldn't stand stand there. So I was outside of the line standing over by like a half a foot across the line. And a security comes and goes, can I see your ID? And I pulled my ID out. I said, yeah, you can see it, but, uh, you know, I'm not, it ain't going to do anything. I'm not 21. I'm playing in the lounge tonight. And she goes, oh, gosh, she was the most miserable human being I've ever seen in my life. She goes, well, you're not allowed to be outside of the lines. So at that point, her attitude and my personality weren't getting along very well. So I just picked my one foot up and I put it across back the line. I said, would this work better for you? And she goes, uh, she was a cocktail waitress. She goes, don't make me call security on you. Don't get, don't get smart, smart alecky with me. And uh, I said, you know what? I think that's a great idea. I said, you ought to call security down here and get them down here. So she did. And I, in the meantime, between security showing up, I walked backstage because we were getting ready to have to go back on stage. Security, once again, rushes in like SWAT into the backstage area on me. Then I'm drinking a Coca-Cola and decides to grab my drink out of my hand. And they go, what are you drinking? And I, I'm, I'm drinking Coca-Cola. And they're like, yeah, let me, we're going to smell it. I go, well, have fun. 
And she goes, do you know your contract? I said, do you know my contract? Because if you knew my contract, you would know that I that I would understand that I can't, that I'm not allowed to drink alcohol because I'm 18 years old. So, yeah, I know my contract really well. Apparently, you should go back and read it. And they didn't like that at all. And uh, they smelled my drink and realized that I'm, and I, re- I can remember them looking at one another, these two security guards, and she goes, hey, it's Coke. There's nothing in it. Mike. The Avi, what a dog shit casino! Yeah, it really was. They were the, some of the rudest people I've ever truly. Met. It's like they truly. trained. Their I want to say that that if you go, don't if you ever get the chance to work for the Avi, they are they are not they are they were terrible employers. Yeah, they well everybody there was rude from the top of the chain to the to the maids. Yeah, they were uh, just not happy people out there working, and so, uh, they always they were truly after our. Uh, uh, yeah, they were pissed because we were young people. They did not like nope. that we were. They we wanted were old people in bands that didn't yeah. do anything, that stayed in their rooms all day and went and played golf during the day off property. Yeah, and uh, we weren't those people. So uh, eventually, we went back in. I got on stage, and uh, the cocktail waitress was there. And if you remember, I'd had also had words with the bartender that night. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was not happy. She was. Uh, she was super mad uh, over nothing, and then. Nate Wong had a mic, and over the mic he said, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, give a round of applause to our cocktail waitress tonight because she would make a great security guard for trying to run our bass player out of here. And uh, I'm going to use the button. The little secure, the little bartender lady looked up at our band and said, You're f***ed. <laughs> yeah, and we were. And we were. The next morning arrives, and before I've even woken before I've arose to the sun, I've got a, I've got a long email from the booking agent saying how that they're employees because we were not their employees. Apparently, apparently we were not employees of theirs, even though they were paying us. They said, uh, our employees will not be treated like that. <laughs> apparently when, when Nate Wong said, Ladies and gentlemen, and remember, people gave her a round of applause. Uh-huh. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah. When Nate Wong said that, uh, they, oh, shit, all hell broke loose. And uh, so I kindly wrote him back a nice letter that ended with, so the Avi can kiss my ass because I'll never be back here again. I have not been back there. I've never walked back into that place. That was the end of the Avi. I probably never will walk back into that place. Just this podcast today has made me realize how terrible that place was and how miserable all Uh their employees at that time were. Now, I'm not saying everybody was because I'm sure there's people working there right now. That are good people. That are good people. But what I am saying is, at the time, I didn't run across any of them. No, and I don't know if they're just miserable because And I'll tell you what, I bumped back into Renee. I did, too. She went to work to the Riverside, and she was a lot friendlier over there. Yeah. She was happy to see me. Yeah. Yeah, the Avi was a – it was just a weird gig. Uh, You know, it's funny because a lot of the the Indian casinos are weird gigs like that. There will be an episode on the South Dakota casinos that are actually worse than the Avi, bar none, just because they were such a weird – a weird gig. 
really only some of the most the the Cherokee Casino in 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 uh, Salem Springs has been bar none the most normal. Mm-hmm. Like, and they they're they're like all the other casinos that we've played. Uh, I'll, uh, the South Dakota one uh, wouldn't let wouldn't we were the band one night and they wouldn't let us in because a Manny Pacquiao fight was going on and we weren't going to buy a ticket but they wanted us to be there the second the fight ended to play and I, the second and we were like well we have no way of knowing when the fight's over if we're not watching it so and we had to have somebody FaceTime us Jeff the Hope, fight our, Jeff Hope, our, our sponsor of the show show uh, yeah he FaceTimed me and he's like the fight's over and then we had to rush down the elevator and come to the play. Yeah come to play and before they would let us get on stage they kicked everybody they out said, of the wait bar. until we get everybody out of here and we were like are you kidding me there's there's 300 people here well we got to wait till they all leave why would you wait till they all left yeah, this is our crowd and keep them <laughs> yeah so it, yeah they, they it weird, was, weird and the last time that ended up in a nice was harsh email telling people to kiss of, our ass and we'd never be back yeah, there again. it did and we I bet you, I bet you, our manager slash cousin Scott's really happy that we don't write the emails anymore to people. Yeah, we were yeah. Ba- we were bad businessmen on the email. Yeah. We, on we, that note, you can catch the Reeves brothers out on the Craig Morgan tour uh, starting next week. You can. Hopefully, Craig we Morgan, don't God play family the, and country. Hopefully, we don't play the Avi. No, you know what? I can tell you right now, Craig's got people for that. He has. Yeah. I, I just go where Craig tells us to be. If they book us at the Avi again, I'm going to get a room down at the Riverside, go there, and just leave soon as my show's over i don't want to risk it and suggest it to everybody else in the crew yeah i'd go somewhere else uh so yeah that's that's the saga of the avi that uh it was just it was a oh let's not forget about the time that i bought that pirate hat i went down and i spent big bucks on on a, it was a legitimate pirate hat mm-hmm. it's about a hundred and something dollar costume pirate hat at the mall and i told johnny del roberts i said this is how you really blow money and he was like, huh, awesome. <laughs> and, and Matt wore it on stage. I, I did. There's the video footage of me on stage wearing the pirate hat. Yeah. I'll have to pull that up and post it to the uh, to the Brothers of the Road podcast uh, Instagram page. There was a pirate hat. And then uh, and because I was wearing it around like it was a ball cap, uh, apparently they claimed that I lost $100. I don't ever remember having $100 that I lost. But, but somebody woman, came up, the security came up and said, somebody said that the guy in the pirate hat dropped a $100 bill. <laughs> and they gave me a $100 bill that I don't think that I had, but I think that the pirate hat may have may have paid for itself. That's life in the big city. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Avi. Wow. Good times. Not really. Well, everybody, this has been a long one. We're running this thing in about uh, about 50 minutes right now. Yeah, we got to go because we got to go to Texas Roadhouse and meet uh, Sam Harris, a photographer friend yeah. of ours. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, so y'all, thank you for listening to this week's episode thank you if you're out and about this week and you're in columbia tennessee cole and i are going to be over at colt persona on uh this friday this friday four to four to seven o'clock if you're around town and uh with us it's it is a coffee shop but i think they're having like a wine night and some things like that yeah and shoot we're uh, if you're out about this is dropping wednesday september 13th yeah. so wednesday september 13th at 5 p.m in nashville we'll be at live oak oh yeah we are going to be over there at josh terry's josh terry's having a birthday bash you should go listen to josh terry's podcast josh terry has a great podcast he's in the top one percenters he is and we were on his last uh his last episode i do believe yep and so yeah come out and see us y'all and uh and if you can't do that try to make it out to us uh on the road with our buddy craig morgan yes Go over to craigmorgan.com 
get your tickets, and uh, we'll see you out on the road. Uh, on that note, Cole, who are you going to thank? I'm going to thank Tough Coat in Bentonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they're still making that customer satisfaction happen. And uh, you can go over there because they do the best spray-in bed liner, custom tumbler cups, and waterproofing. Get over to toughcoatbentonville.com. That is T-U-F-F-C-O-A-T bentonville.com. Or tell them what the or is. Oh, my gosh. Cole man. can't get his phone to load. I can get my phone to load. I haven't memorized the number yet. It's 479-715-6039. Schedule an appointment today. And I'm going to tell you what, Jeff Coat, he's going to treat you like family. Jeff I'll just call him Jeff Coat. Jeff Coat. <laughs> Jeff Coat. That, that needs to be another business. He needs to do one over in like Bella Vista called Jeff Coat. He does. Anyway, seriously, Jeff Hope over there, he treats you or like Or Tough family. Hope. <laughs> tough Hope. That's another business. Tough Hope. Tough Hope and Jeff Coat. Yeah. Damn, Jeff, we're giving good. you ideas here. Anyway, we Come love on. Jeff. He truly is like family. He is. And uh, and he comes out and he support not only supports us financially on keeping the podcast going, he supports us by flying in and going to a lot of shows Amen. and hanging out. And uh, yeah, we have a great do. time with Jeff. So, uh, Jeff, if you're listening, we love you. And, folks, you are listening. So get over to toughcoatbentonville.com. Yeah. And uh, get your spray-in bed liner scheduled or your t- custom tumbler cups, which they do really cool custom tumbler cups if you guys need one for to keep your drink hot or keep your drink cold. Amen. Y'all, I think that's going to about do it for the Brothers of the Road this week. We will see you out on the road. Cue the outro. We're Brothers of the Road. We're